I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burr, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app. You are listening to an HD Smartcast original. Don't you always want to hear it right from the horse's mouth? I certainly do. I want the best and the brightest minds in the industry to tell me about it. Yeah, tell me about it is my latest podcast since I come across so many interesting people in the industry. Some of my favorite students, they ask me if I can speak to some really intelligent and well-known people on hot and trending topics. You know, like content, influencers, health, branding, entrepreneurship and more. Who am I to quiz the best and brightest, you ask? Hmm. Well, I am Siddharth Deshmukh, also known as the Traveling Professor. Maybe you've heard me before somewhere. Yeah, I teach across various institutes. Join me and new experts every week over two parts where we dissect these topics and try to make sense of them. Hopefully, learn something about it when they tell me about it. This podcast is an HT Smartcast original and is available on htsmartcast.com, India's fastest growing podcast producing platform. Okay, Gunjan, how do you see the evolution of monetization in your industry? Also, what are your views on virtual concerts? Uh, Vyom is asking that question. So you can answer either one. I'll take the first one actually and I think Avita also touched a bit on that. So all media has two forms of monetization, right? It's either subscription or sponsorship. Sponsorship is advertised, subscription is fan money or ticket money for us. In in the current landscape, um, ticket money is something that we've experimented with. We actually took Circuit, which was our comedy festival that we announced in March. We cancelled it and flipped to a completely digital event in April. Mm-hmm. And we actually managed to sell out shows, which was a complete surprise. We had audiences paying more ticket money than they were in the original uh, on-ground avatar. And mm-hmm. we had audiences dialing from across the country. So I think going back to what Kavita said, it's the content that will draw the audiences. Yeah. And that's really why they were there. Uh, yeah. In terms of subscription, um, there are brands that have realized the value of being associated with creators. And that's really what we've built our entire global creator network on the back of. So this entire um, global brand solutions business is literally that. It is brands parking their digital budgets, digital media budgets with us and saying, hey, you guys know how content marketing works. You tell us which creators to work with. So Mm -hmm. we're actually working with the biggest creators in Russia and Thailand and South Africa, creating content in local languages. And all these videos are number one videos in their markets Um, and this is all like you asked earlier this is data driven these are these are recommendations that come from the back of analyzing their YouTube channels knowing what will work although we don't understand the language we're able to work with brands in those markets and these are fairly large um, FMCG brands as well as new age brands so um, that's really refreshing so Kavita I think there are some brands who are going to start now recognizing that it is more essential to reach 
uh, smaller but more authentic communities as yeah. opposed to the spray and pray of mass media. Mm. So the way mass media worked in the past was obviously where you had FMCG brands saying, hey, I'm going to buy 50% of airtime because I need to show muscle. So as PNG or HUL, I need my distributors to see that going to buy as much rack space as yeah. well. So uh, the the shelf space was almost, um, you know, equivalent to the amount of money they spent on media. And that's exactly how media yeah. producers were incentivized as well. But that's completely changed, especially because yeah. audience yeah. behavior has changed. None of us watch TV anymore. So that form of reaching audiences is pretty much dead. If you want to reach people like us, mm-hmm. um, you've got to find us on either listening to a podcast or following one of our favorite creators. And by that definition, creators then become your uh, media vehicles. Mm-hmm. They become your brand ambassadors because they're talking on behalf of you and your creative directors because they're the ones mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need uh, the agencies of the past. And that's really what we've seen with, in terms of uh, monetization, that's a big part of creators seeing money coming in in the future. Okay, good job. Uh, there was there was a second question before we get too lost in the weeds uh, on this one uh, about virtual concerts and let me combine it let me combine it uh, another question which is asked by Sankal because it's kind of related what he says is that the growth driver for the entertainment industry so far has been the experience driven economy okay now what would be the growth driver in the near future so it's still going to be experience it's going to be the online experience now, which is why we need to find a way to make our digital experiences better. Okay. So it is no longer so okay. the, the fact that we can use a Skype call or a Zoom call to talk to each other and host a webinar, and that suffices for this mm-hmm. sort of program. That's not going to suffice, say, for a comedy show anymore, or yeah. you know, a quiz show. You mm-hmm. will uh, most definitely need a separate video that's dialed in, that's showing yeah. a leaderboard, that tells you how much time is left, that makes that makes the entire visual experience more exciting, that finds a way to bring the audiences in. So going forward, yes, I completely accept that we haven't found a way to replace the intimacy of watching a live show online, but that's something that's on us and we're figuring that out. Okay. Kavita, question for Kavita. So, Kavita, what do you think about radio? Big fan, yeah. I personally think that, uh, so my love for audio comes from, you know, having spent four years working at a radio station. Yeah. Uh, pretty much, you know, similar in the sense this was way back in 2003 uh, when, you know, at that point in time when I started working at this radio station and I called all my friends in the media to tell them that I'm going to be working at a radio station. They're like, Kavita, when there is television and there is all this like big like stuff to do, why would you work at a radio station? And, you know, actually really odd, but I think I have spent my funnest years building you know, the workings of a radio station. And I thought it was amazing to have two people sitting in a studio talking to themselves and there's a pretty much, what, seven-second difference before, like, the entire city and its vicinity can hear you. I thought that was, like, damn cool. But um, uh, I think radio uh, is here, right? I think the good thing about radio is that it's 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 hassle-free. You can pretty much turn on a frequency and you don't need to download an app. You don't need to be a follower of a certain kind of creator. You don't need to do any of that. You need to basically, it's it's... It's a little like easier to kind of manage and one of the reasons why it's from a penetration perspective, right? Uh, most brands will look at radios because of your radio station activities because of how localized 
you know that that content and that approaches you know uh, i think uh, i mean even today i think you know 7 weeks into lockdown uh, it's interesting to see how uh, radio is trumping you know uh, general news credibility over news channels yeah because you know they're reporting from from where uh, where you are at like yeah. you know and that's one of the things that makes it so so cool and so relevant yeah so i don't see uh, yeah. you know a lot of times people are like okay so pod is radio and i'm like no i think we kind of do very different things uh, yes i would always say that you know podcasts are maybe radio 10.0 but that's also because of what like i said earlier you know government regulations makes it damn difficult for them to have some fun mm-hmm. you know and so they're a little limited to kind of work a certain for okay okay so you know so such a positive person you're also positive for your so called competition i'm just trying to understand okay so different things but what do you consider as competition for podcasts what is the biggest competition is it like a is it is the mindset thing the the biggest competition i think music is i think you know uh, you know if you're listening to a podcast and you you spend long hours listening to a playlist maybe you're an artist maybe so i think our closest competitor could be like music also one of the reasons why odd platforms are so interested in long form talk content because you know they want to be able to kind of hold or retain uh, people who you know are listening to music on an odd platform for longer right because podcast listening creates stickiness and you know you're going to be spending maybe 40 minutes listening to a show vis-a-vis probably a 20 minute playlist that you may or may or then and of course at the same time music is also pretty much the same product across so many mediums you know if you like a certain song very likely that you'll find it on spotify and gana and wink and savan uh talk content is going to differentiate you you know yeah, and yeah. so i i personally feel that you know i think the closest competitor could be music just about like the time that you spent engaging in that in that activity yeah, so yeah. i think radio is not because i think we do completely different things okay. uh, you know our content is i mean people ask us when is ibm going to be doing like bollywood stuff and i'm just like look at how over catered to that market is you yeah, want yeah. to know any more ranveer singh stories i don't yeah. think you know and when i probably produce 250 shows yeah. i'll probably do bollywood yes those are the fastest selling products but we've kind of made it a little difficult for us to not like go and go and do the most obvious okay hold on to that i'm going to come back to with a question on you but i want to ask unjan this first you spoke about uh, you know how you got disenchanted with advertising and uh, maybe you you went to branding and and the rest of it what do you think is you know what do you think consider as competition for oml because you're you guys are in a lot of different stuff okay and secondly what do you think is the best way of marketing in today's uh, you know sort sort of new age digital information symmetrical world yeah not accounting for my professional bias at all i would say the best form of marketing is to go with creators um whether that's on a podcast platform like ivm or across social media platforms because you're literally getting the unfiltered attention of an audience that subscribed mm. that wants to hear from you yeah. and that really allows you to get that message across in a very organic way um mm. but, but again i know that can account for professional bias but there's luckily enough data to back that up um and that's honestly one of my favorite parts of the work that we do we actually have a media and analytics team that literally tracks every piece of content that's generated by the company 
and we're constantly listening for trends we're constantly listening for similarities we're trying to figure out what it means to launch uh newer artists on the mm-hmm. back of content that we've already created so content becomes the marketing as yeah. um so that's probably my answer to the second question yeah. uh in in terms of the first question honestly i i think we're uh we're probably in the best place that we could be so um given that oml is a multitude of so many different yeah. uh streams it also makes us larger than the sum of its parts right and yeah. each one of the businesses feed into the other one so while we started out as artist management we have we built capabilities along the way to support the artists that we rep so mm-hmm. when we manage musicians we started a live business division because we needed to find stages to have stages so we said hey let's build our own music festival right. uh then we started repping uh comedians and we were like hey we need to quickly figure out how to get them more youtube videos yeah uh, when we did that we were we realized that hey youtube videos the the little adsense money that comes in is not going to the help we yeah. need to go and speak to brands and that's when the brand solutions team really got built out i remember the first deal we cracked we went to a brand and said that hey today you spent 2 rupees on youtube as cpc give us 2 rupees per view for the video for the video that we put out with you and of course we we knocked it out of the park um so we obviously figuring out newer forms of monetization and that's the brand solutions team so while vert- vertical wise if you compare us yes there are other uh management companies there are other content production houses yeah. there are other uh media agencies but there there isn't really one that I've come across as yet that does all of these things together right. and um that's why i would say that we're fairly new age in the way that all, all these pieces come together wonderful thank you for mentioning youtube because my question to kavita was that if you see youtube okay and if you see tiktok okay uh, youtube versus tiktok currently is trending right so basically 30 seconds versus 10 minutes right now i want to ask you that a what do you think okay who's winning in youtube versus tiktok and b how do you correlate it with like you know your business uh, where yeah so we distribute to youtube i mean you know it's one place where i think you know uh, i was watching one of your previous conversations i think i think the first one i think the kunal jaiswani and you know we spoke about the fact that how youtube now is a platform for all kinds of consumption right it's not yeah. only video or you know you're pretty much listening to music and you know uh, you know from a platform point when there are so many other pure music or music first platforms uh tiktok today i think is 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 crazy right like every time i look at that platform and i'm just like wow it's amazing what they've managed to do uh in such quick time you know you it's uh, you know for every video conversation i've had you know people are just talking about adhd and how like the size of the video is just like dropping you know you went from 5 minutes of engagement on one platform to like hey man you have all of 15 seconds show me what you can do compared to what podcasts are Yeah. you know people asking me what's the perfect duration to a podcast what is mm-hmm. like what is that um and you know there is no single answer to it we've got everything from 5 minutes to 2 hours 
it really depends on your interest levels you know in the subject or in the host and what that information dissemination that's happening you know so if i want to tell you how you can probably get better with your habits you need 5 minutes to tell you that you know what if you are waking up at 4 to 7 and if you are still rushed just wake up at 6:30 like it's just a better habit for you to have but at the same time you know when you're talking policy stuff you want longer uh, conversations around it uh, we also think that you know uh, first anyone has a great 10 minute conversation you know yeah. i think anybody manages if i have to tell you said tell me about yourself in 10 minutes everyone will do it like without a problem the real conversation starts after that yes so i will use uh, you know tiktok and and youtube to kind of market because our content around content the video we're trying to put a face to every host you tune in you know to every week you know you should know like who this person is and follow them from a personality perspective rather than just a show perspective so they fall really you know hugely in like i said in in our marketing component yeah. you know be able to put out the personalities that we are putting out on the podcast platform yeah okay well now that you mentioned that you know the real conversation happens way deep into the conversation and all here are some googlies for, for from me to you okay <laughs> the the first googly is okay gunjan if you had to advise kavita on her business and if kavita you had to advise gunjan on her business as you know just an observer yeah. um, on, on the way in which you're looking at it what's the one thing that you would tell each other saying hey you know what try this stuff interesting yeah i know <laughs> no i really love gunjan's business i know it may be really tough but i'm usually thinking what more they do almost everything that yeah, that okay. i think every yes. new business should do yeah so, so i'm actually going to flip this around and say there's one thing that we i hope we did yeah. um, that obviously kavita does amazingly well is that she's figured out how to reach audiences directly mm. which i think <laughs> is really um, really credible and especially at this given the way the media um, landscape is so fragmented yeah, being able yeah. to own the pipelines that reach your audiences directly then allow you to push more content through it and that sir but no i think um i don't think it's very much i think you know again it's too it's too soon to tell i'm sure like all the minds that are are working you know in an office like oh like you know way ahead of what like i said creating a virtual experience you know i mean and how do you define an experience i think the first time i heard of experiential marketing was when i worked with the ipl and then very quickly like it was the music festival business and now that you're you know you it, and the music festival business kind of spoke about like how you need to kind of come together to listen to music and experience this together and i guess one big challenge they have is to redefine what an experience means uh you know and how that is going to how how an, a a live experience when you're meeting people and you know holding hands and hugging people to kind of you know enjoying pretty much the same thing to like doing this from your homes i think uh, i think it will happen because more than a challenge from oml's perspective i think this is our challenge right we now need to kind of get a little like okay with some things changing for the better part of maybe in the next 2 years we don't know how long this is going to take so i guess we learn along the way but uh, i'm like i said you know i think uh, to put out great time i think for you all to put out new musicians you know or even newer comedy talent 
uh, you yeah. know because I'm, I'm I you know it's been what 50 days in lockdown and I kind of tune into a concert like every evening and I have learned so much about so many new musicians and I think you know I think even because that's what like OML is known for I think OML is known to kind of give you uh, an idea of what the real talent pool is and I think they'll again need to kind of go back to that to kind of bring that new essence Okay. Maybe that we come. I count that. That's a good answer. Okay. Yeah. Now, now for Gunjan. Gunjan, you cannot tell tell me what what you liked about IBM. You you have to tell them what you they can do differently. Yeah. Tell me, Gunjan, please. (laughs) (laughs) So honestly, I think uh, the fact that there is this extensive uh, roster of hosts that you're already working with. And there is a lot of content that you're creating around uh, the shows that you're already. Yeah. I'm wondering there's a way to almost write that to monetize. So if yeah. you have the, you know, you have the pipelines, you have access to consumer data, you have so much that's already been sort of sowed in terms of building the base or the yeah. foundation. It's about overlaying that with D2C brands if possible. And maybe it's a shot in the dark, but that's something oh, that... Actually, you know, actually right now, I think that it is the perfect time to kind of do this right uh, I think it's it is really actually about it was actually our big 2020 plan like you know kind of figure this uh, go, going into like finding like how we should be able to monetize this stuff and uh, yeah you're right actually you know to kind of being able to articulate or put this you know a story in a great presentation to uh, you know to have people look at it and view it as much as uh, we do but uh, you're right actually we, we should be able to kind of you know figure that these experiential businesses like I said you know I mean trying to get you know brands to not ask us for numbers over it's it's qualitative over quantitative stuff you know and we're hoping that we can you know kind of change that conversation for it to work our way okay. but yeah thank you, you know, I, have to say, I have to say this is a really unfair question because She knows her business better than I ever would. I know. uh, But yes, sir, I'd love to hear from you. You think we should do, considering you obviously have experience from across the globe. And you're speaking this. I'll need to invite you for another podcast (laughs) or for another. That's it. Control. I'm not going (laughs) to. Just saying. No, but uh, to to be honest, I, I think that you guys are doing such amazing things that uh, I can only uh, wish more power to you because uh, see the fact is that if you look at your insight your core insight Gunjan that the, uh, you, you know you're going with the creator that is directly connecting with the way in which the world is shaping so that the world is shaping from a place wherein you're not going for um, market or producer driven thing it, it is actually audience driven so I, I think you're on to the on, 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 on the right thing I would probably consolidate and probably take a little more risk probably okay probably uh, for, for Gunjan not for Kavita Kavita I think she was... <laughs> I'm living on the edge yeah, no, I think I think uh, Kavita's uh, Kavita's she's she's uh, garnered uh, the, the whole portfolio of clients, which is which is a, a podcast, which is amazing to see. What I feel will will really help uh, you know a podcast business in, in today's. I wonder if you've seen Luminary Kavita. Luminary, yeah. Is, yeah, no, that is not going to work 
in India, but we need to find a different business model, perhaps, which is not just pure subscription or pure advertising. I don't know what that is, and uh, is where we want to be, right? Premium is is where we want to be. I mean, you know, we'd be happy. One of the reasons why we have an ace distribution game is because I can't wait for you to come to us and find us. Discoverability with podcasts is tough. You don't know where to look for them. You know, one of the reasons why we ensured we were on every single platform that you were listening to something on was because of that. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, you know, we want to be able to kind of, like I said, we'll have to sit somewhere in this sweet spot. There is, of course, the advertiser money, but I guess a lot of times when we have fans writing in, most of them are under like some. They're like, "Man, I can't believe that this show comes to me for free yeah. on yeah. a weekly basis. I can't believe that you know these these gems or these pieces of wisdom come to us for free." And uh, in India, we don't really we aren't habituated to pay for content, right? Yeah. I feel bad for my friends in print journalism who get like really. But at the same time, I think. we are we're going towards we're trying to analyze this market to kind of see uh, where you know the growth in the premium piece is going to be you know it'll be happy to kind of have people so it's a 10 or 20 part series you know you'll get the first three for free and the rest you'll probably need to pay in you know you'll probably like kind of kind of weave in these kind of models and make very specific content compared like from all the businesses you know so even if you're a very niche business like your earlier question on a small and medium yeah. enterprise yeah. there are maybe 5 or 10000 people out there who might be really really interested in that content but those will be mvp lessons right. and you know we'll be happy to create that content because it will sit well in that category mm. okay okay you really get 2 minutes away from the we've gapped so gapped so we managed to we managed no no you guys have been wonderful i just have one final question for you right uh, your your quick take on what, what zoom means there both of both of you uh, because i i read a, an article by kunal jaswani on uh, uh, i think brand equity or somewhere wherein he said like look you know this is shit Uh, we we want uh, we want the regular office uh, stuff to come back and and it was it was a complete contrarian sort of view than than what people are saying you know zoom yeah and and they're doing and they're so efficient and effective and stuff like that so there are two sides to to this and i'm sure kunal must be getting a lot of hiccups as, as i say this but i just wanted to your take on take on um, how work from home and and everything do you, what do you what do you guys think about it gunjan <laughs> I'm exhausted. Um, just the number of calls, and see, I I believe that workplaces were designed for efficiency. Being in the same room with people gets things done a lot faster than phone scheduling phone calls. In fact, the first few weeks we sort of fell into this trap where most of us were spending most of the time on the phone and not really getting to the actual work. Because even to to replace walking up to somebody's desk and saying, "Hey, got a minute." and covering whatever you needed to now takes a call to schedule a call to then get on the call and then get the yeah. call done and obviously with niceties etc added in it's about half an hour yeah um yeah. and that obviously made the entire process really inefficient but that said um in the beginning of since the beginning of jan actually we've been uh, working from home every wednesday we announced work oh. from home wednesdays um in jan because we said hey if there's one day of the week we can put 150 cars less on the roads of bombay if we can give our teams 2 hours 
to just recoup and get over whatever the rest of the week has been like because obviously travel times in mumbai are crazy yeah. uh, we would have done something for our teams and for the city um so all of that training has been extremely helpful at this point of time so we're far more disciplined uh but that said we're going to have to learn how to work around it i don't think we have an option even if it means coming back to work right now in fact like some of the protocol that i was saying you were developing around shoots we're doing that for coming back to the office as well and we're actually dividing teams by hey who lives at home with parents above 60 or kids under 10 they're not going to come to office who lives in areas that have been really badly affected not going to come to office that brings us down to about 30% of the workforce and we're obviously going to have to wait and see if there's a second wave and a third wave and all of that so we're we're honestly monitoring the situation as it goes i don't believe the way we use zoom right now is sustainable Yeah. So it's going to be a bit of both. It's going to be a bit about us learning these tools better and being a lot more disciplined, as well as figuring out what it means to really just schedule our days better. Um, so I think honestly, for our work from home Wednesdays, we might just turn it into no calls Wednesdays for now, just because you have to give people a break from Zoom. Zoom is particularly uh, probably half the reason for me feeling fatigued most days. So yeah, I'm not a fan. That's it. Okay. No. which side ron what about you kavita anything to add so no i think like you know i'll second what gujan said because you know it's uh, zoom is exhausting uh, yeah. i'm glad that you know uh, you know there uh, we're a really really lean team as well right so it doesn't require you know that much coming together uh, you know all the time every time uh, uh, most of like maybe uh, production or you know uh, engineering or editing or whatever is kind of like working smoothly because like i said leaner team so leaner uh, you know i mean in terms of like the fact that we don't spend so much time figuring out next steps i guess that happens between my partner and me i mean amit and me and we are pretty much you know spending time doing that but uh, uh, it's been uh, exhausting at the same time i'm enjoying this time at home yeah. you know i uh, you know when you are like i said like in the very initial stages of your business i feel like i wear so many hats Yeah, I'm yeah. so tired of like switching them over all the time that I think I needed this time to be like Kavita you can sit down and wear as many hats so at least you're seated and not running around so I guess you know also it's like make hey well the sun shines what other option do you have you need to kind of be as effective yeah, and still yeah. you know go for and go and do what you have to so yeah I guess let's wait and watch wait watch well that seems to be the mantra thank you thank you ladies this has been a pleasure absolute pleasure i think uh, you've made me uh, and this entire thing look good with with the quality of your answers thank you for holding no punches back and also uh, forgive me if i have said anything wrong or anything stupid in the course of this conversation uh, the fault is all mine but uh, i would really uh, really appreciate it if uh, you know you just uh, continue doing whatever you're doing it's an amazing thing you you belong to the new world and and all the best yeah thank you so much thank both of you to be here thank yeah? you yeah yeah wonderful thank you so much bye bye yeah okay thanks gunjan <laughs> thanks yeah wow that was a good one right more of where that came from soon Want to reach out to me? I'm Siddharth Deshmukh and I'm the traveling professor on Instagram. You'll find the funny side of me there. And on LinkedIn I'm a little bit more serious. 
but I'm still the traveling professor. To give us feedback, you can reach out to us on HT Smartcast. We are present on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube, the usual suspects. To listen to more podcasts, log on to htsmartcast.com or suno naye nazariye se. And join me in the journey. Onward ho! This was an HT Smartcast original. HT Smartcast. I'm Annie Apple, and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.